This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montategi, and today I am joined by a robot expert and one of the most curious men I've ever talked to, Sam Bell. He's got a robot that paints designs on the street. You're going to love everything about Sam. Sam, welcome to the show. Sam, welcome to the show. I'm really excited about having you on as I got to learn more about your product and, and the, stuff, the software you guys have developed and the hardware that goes with it. It got me really excited. Our pre-shows went pretty well, so I'm uh, excited about the audience getting to know who you are. Well, thanks so much for having us. As I talk to entrepreneurs and creators, what really excites me is, is the path of their, of their, you know, their their life. Right? Um, rarely do they have this like I'm going to build a robotic machine that can paint stripes as a destination. It started somewhere else, and uh, I think that's as interesting for the audience to find as 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 anything. Sure, I agree, and it's rarely a straight path from A to B to Z. So, so give me a little bit about your background. Where did you start your career? Where did I start? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, right, 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 right. So you've had you've had multiple careers, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I started out, uh, you know, like a lot of kids of my generation, we were we were products of the space race and education. So my dad was, in fact, a rocket scientist for NASA. We moved all around the country every couple of years. So you get ripped out of one school in the middle of the school year and thrown into another one and sink or swim on your own. So so I, I wound up uh, going off to college uh, a, a year earlier or so because I was just so bored with all of the schooling by that time and went to a place called St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland. It's the great books school. So you learn such exciting and useful things as classical Greek, middle French, because God forbid you should learn anything with modern application. (laughs) Uh, But you read the great books of the Western world from Homer to Freud. And everyone in between, Einstein, you know, Wittgenstein, everyone. So it was uh, it was tremendous classical education. Then I went to law school uh, after a bit of work as a private tutor, went to law school um, and worked in the courthouse and realized that that was not for me. It brought out the very, very worst aspects of my personality. Uh, and I said, you know, I just don't want to be a professional asshole. 
You can edit that out, but it's it's the truth. No, I get it. law. You know, my wife's a lawyer, and it's a tough career. I mean, literally, they're they're thinking and they're solving problems on problems or creating problems all day long. And at least once a day, I hear her say to another attorney, "Do you do you want to solve this, or you want to keep charging fees?" You know, and that's exactly right. And there's this kind of dichotomy with some lawyers are just literally looking for more reasons to keep fighting, and the other ones are like, "Hey, I'm kind of ethical about this." And you know, for me, it's about being ethical, and you know that's a that's a tough that's a tough career in that path. You know, yeah. I I what I learned was that um, you know you take a you take an oath as a lawyer to represent your client as zealously as possible within the boundaries of the law, and you've just spent several years in law school watching how those boundaries get pushed generation by generation. Uh, and so what you really are doing is taking an oath to be a professional uh, nudge for the want of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> I like, so a professional nudge. So I, we, yes. that's a scientific term, nudge. And that's right. <laughs> you know, you're constantly looking for where that line is, that boundary, and you want to get right up to it, but not go over, but just right up to it. And if, you know, you want to be the one that gets it pushed as as close to the other side as possible so anyway i decided it really was not for me and uh opened a an automobile repair garage oh that's a lot of change well yeah you know it was largely because i'd gone on a vacation and had a bad experience with my car after having spent a lot of money to have it checked out for a pre-vacation trip uh, wound up breaking down in the heat of August in the swamp that is Washington, D.C. Uh, quite literally, it was a swamp. That's the reason that Maryland was happy to part with that particular parcel of land, because it really was underwater. Um, so, so that was a less than pleasant experience. And I said, you know, there's got to be a way to run an ethical honest auto repair business and so i set out to do that and i did that for 40 years nice. um and won numerous awards for you know the best customer service and and being you know and, and was ultimately named as the top technician in the united states by the ase which is the the folks who give you that little the badge on your shoulder wrote for motor magazine and some other magazines, but motor primarily for about 20 years, uh, doing a lot of technical writing and wrote a couple of books and, uh, textbooks and taught a lot of courses and classes. And then this other bizarre thing happened to me in the course of my life. I had been very active in civic life throughout and the city had asked me if I would participate on the traffic advisory committee or transportation advisory committee, I guess it was called officially. Um, and so I did and was happy to do so. We were working on a really brilliant plan for a, one of these road diet streetscapes. So this is where you take a four lane highway that looks for all the world like a highway. Um, and you say, you know, it doesn't need to be like this. Let's put in a shared center turning lane. So you have a lot of opposing left turn arrows facing one another. And next to those, we'll put in two traffic lanes for the automotive traffic. 
Then we had enough room left over because this was a very, very wide street curb to curb. We had enough room left over that we could put in a five foot wide buffer lane. So just diagonal striping and then a full five foot wide bike lane next to each curb. So really big plan Uh, looked great. Everybody loved it. Uh, You know, there are great benefits we know for merchants, for public health, for all sorts of things. It's just more walkable and more accessible. And at the last minute, we did not do that plan. And I said, right, that's what I asked. Why? And they said, well, it's the paint. And I said, what? (laughs) How can it be? What what do you mean? It's the paint. They said, well, the paint's $30,000. I said, excuse me, this is a $2.1 million project. $30,000 is a rounding error, and I promise I can hide it. They said, yeah, well, it's not really that $30,000. And I said, why are you guys talking in riddles? What's the problem? They said, well, the problem is that we have to repaint it every year. And we don't have $30,000 identified as a recurring source of revenue to cover that repainting annually. And I said, oh, okay. So why does it cost so much? And what I learned was that all of these arrows, the bike symbols, all that stuff was going to be hand stenciled. So we're going to have a crew of guys out there stenciling a left turn arrow, then standing around waiting in the road like so many bowling pins (laughs) waiting to get hit by a car waiting for the paint to dry. And if you think about it, you know that waiting for the paint to dry is the definition of boredom. That's right. That's right. right. (laughs) So these guys are out there going nuts with boredom in the most dangerous and exposed kind of place. And no wonder it's expensive. They get hit. And of course, that's expensive, but also they, they wind up dead. Some of them. We had two workers killed in Cleveland, in the greater Cleveland area in one year and a third one maimed all while doing this kind of work, standing on the roadway, waiting for the paint to dry. Crazy. Now, now, now this is a, a very labor intensive and, and, and it's, it's setting up for it. So it's cones ahead of time. It's, it's, it's uh, getting out there, carrying the stencils out to the job site, laying them, positioning them, then spraying them in, waiting for that to dry, then taking the, taking the stencils off and then going to remove all the cones, very labor intensive and dangerous, right? We got it as, as people, yes. people getting hit out there. You know, now you've got this, problem you've 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 found and how do you come up with a solution well you know i i'm a pretty creative guy so for years as a as a mechanic i fixed cars and you have to be creative when you're going about it uh you may not have every factory tool that was ever invented uh and and so a lot of times you learn to adapt something that you do have or to make your own tool of one sort or another and didn't mention it, but along the way, I also worked as a blacksmith for a couple of years. So, well, you, you, you craziness. Wouldn't, you wouldn't know that by the amount of money that my son, who is now trying to work on his ASC certification, the snap-on truck that comes by, uh, you know, is is maybe his his. I, I keep thinking he's he's got a uh, uh, a girlfriend. 
You know, uh, <laughs> yes. You know, he's the amount of money that he's spending on that on that Snap-on truck is insane, right? It, it's it's really expensive, and you know, you get caught up with all the little tools, and every time that Snap-on truck comes by, it's like, all right, I'm like Nicholas, you're you're doing great. You might not want to spend as much money on those on, on as many tools. And he's got six of everything now, and I'm like, all right, I, now you got enough. But that truck is you get you get into a relationship with it, you know. It. I think heroin is probably a cheaper habit. <laughs> Not really sure, but based on based on the amount of money that he's spending on that on that truck, uh, there's something about uh, it, it is it does become a little bit of a of a hit, right? So it, it's a big thing. I mean, you know, I I have a toolbox that's uh, taller than I am, and a lot wider and a lot deeper, um, and yeah, but you know, I. You have to learn not to have not to have six of everything, but there are a lot of things that you do actually need to have two of simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's just how, how it works. And there are an awful lot of boy. Oh, that's a nice, nice iteration that. Oh, that makes oh, it better. Oh, oh, I keep telling me, just don't get on the truck. Right. <laughs> don't go on the truck and it, just say no just let that go by but, right. you know all the other fellows are on the truck and you know you're building your supply and, you know hey at the end of the day you're proud of your, your craft so uh but here it's expensive so now now you've got this expensive uh uh you know uh practice uh, you know working on cars uh you now found a, a problem with this, this paint going on uh you know the cost of, of repainting every year and how do you come up with a solution i was out for a bike ride with my buddy wyatt and um, wyatt is also my co-founder and partner in crime in this in this uh craziness that we call road prints and wyatt is as it happens one of the foremost roboticists in the world okay. so i was describing to him my issues with this streetscape and he asked the question that he always asks well could we do it with a robot and usually i get to say no wyatt it's not about robots but this time i said well you know actually i think maybe we could so we as we were riding along, we were sort of envisioning a couple of different ways that we could do things. And some of them were pretty straightforward and much too easy. So they, they were immediately eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, by the time we finished our ride, we happened to stop at one of the neighborhood watering holes and sat down and did a couple of sketches and uh, said, you know, this is a good idea. Had another couple of beers and decided it was a great idea. <laughs> so Some of the best ideas have happened on a napkin in a pub, you know? Amen. Yeah. So uh, we, we decided we would give it a flyer and uh, we found a fellow who was willing to lend us a truck and do the upfitting necessary. We found a, a robot company that was willing to lend us a $40,000 industrial robotic arm um, to put on it. And uh, we went out and bought a really cheap paint compressor, the you know, the kind that you buy, uh, you know, at Sherwin Williams or something, you know, it's a, the home unit, not, not the pros unit. Uh, strap that on and 
by golly, we could, in fact, make it paint. Wasn't really pretty at first, but (laughs) the concept was there and we realized that there was something good that we could do with this. So we did it. So now, so now you've got the basic, the basics of a star, right? You, you kind of create a proof of concept and go, okay, I've got the ability to uh, transport, uh, look, something that can operate the, the paint sprayer. I've got the arm that can move and, and, and do this. Now you got to start to tighten it up, get to a point where you get a lot more precise. So you're not making, so it's not messy, but at least now you've got it working. And, and from, from there, let me ask you, from the time that you start the, the napkin drawing uh, at the pub to the time you get to here, is that, one year, five years, three. What, what's the time frame it takes? Uh, we're in about year four now. Okay, got it. So you got, you're about four years into it. About four years in. That, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't get is that, you know, a lot of people think that you get an idea and boom, next week it's in implementation or, or, or that guy must be lucky, right? That guy must be lucky. He gets to play with robots. And, you know, if, if I could play with robots, I could create that. But the truth is they don't think about all of the things that it takes to get to play with the robots, right? It's the idea and then it's got to ruminate a little bit in your brain then you can start looking for relationships where you can borrow a, a forty thousand dollar robot right I mean, right you're not, now i gotta go hey can i borrow your forty thousand and by the way i'm gonna spray paint with it and uh you know they, I, I may get it messy and then you know start to buy and make some investments before you even have a product right you you don't you're not oh yeah to anybody yet yeah no we we spent um rather a lot of our own money uh, on this. And along the way, we were really, really fortunate. We were able to attract some translational grants from the state of Ohio and from a local uh, resource, uh, the Great Lakes Innovation Development Enterprise gave us two consecutive grants. Um, and between that and the and the Ohio uh, third Frontier Technology Validation Startup Fund, wow. TVSF, uh, we were able to come up with some money and we also had to raise some money uh, because these were all matching grants. So we had to come up with a bunch of money uh, and we did and we were able to build a uh, something beyond the proof of concept, but an actual pre-production prototype uh, sort of a vehicle, which we currently have, and it's our current test platform. Uh, and it's it's very much uh, more advanced than our first proof of concept vehicle was. Nice. So, so t- talk to me a little about these grants, because again, those aren't magical. They don't just appear in your lap. You have to do some work to find them and get them. What's that journey like? How, how are you finding those? What, what, uh, how do you get the idea to even look in these? I mean, th- these aren't sitting uh, outside your house. And you want no, to them. <laughs> they certainly are not. Um, we, we started by doing some community talks. We were at the library dealing with the local community Congress, as it's called. Um, uh, they have a, an annual uh, science symposium, uh, and they do it as a pachachka, if you know what that is. No, no, so that's that? one of these things where uh, you have multiple presenters and it's very rapid fire. You have uh, seven minutes for seven slides. Sit down and shut up. Boom. Seven Boom. minutes, seven slides. So you, you, you've got to get your elevator pitch down pat. You are you are clean, cleaning it up. You're out there knocking it out. It's quick, down, and dirty. 
Yes, yes, uh, or it's supposed to be. Of course, ours was terrible. <laughs> hey, it's all right, right? <laughs> that's where we started. That's right. You know, that's right. and that's that's how you learn uh, how to do this this pitching stuff and and get these grants. Uh, so you know, we uh, we became aware of some of these grants through a local entrepreneurial assistance program called Jumpstart here in Cleveland. Uh, and they pointed us towards Glide, the Great Lakes uh, initiative. And so we we uh, went to them and learned what their rules were. And we we made a pitch and they said, nah, go away. And but they did give us some feedback. And so then we went back with our pitch again and they said, nah, go away. <laughs> so <laughs> then they changed the rules just as we were about to go back and they said now for you know if you want to pitch in this round you have to have matching money and i said we have matching money i'm betting that there's not going to be a lot of people who have it in the first month since this new requirement went into place let's go in and pitch again so we did and they said you got money i said yeah i got money they said all right you're in wow <laughs> and that's all a practice of, I, I swear, I've done, I've, I have learned more by the mistakes. I, I go in and start talking and, and literally, literally just keep talking about it. And in talking about it, it gets created. You know, every business I've ever had, every, every, every company I've ever yes. had, they, the, the first time I started CDO group, it's a consulting company to do construction management. There wasn't even an industry in place. Right, like literally when right. we started it, we would talk to people and they're like, are you a general contractor? Like, no, 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 we're we're a construction management firm. We, we just wanna be your owner's rep. And they're like, well, we have people inside. I'm like, well, we wanna do your overflow. We wanna support you. And at the time, outsourcing wasn't even, didn't even exist. And as we kept working it and creating it and, and really creating trust in, in a brand that, uh, you know, was relentless about uh, uh, a couple of its, uh, you know, just its principles and said, look, we can do this and be honorable about it and deliver a great product. And it was the product that kept speaking to us. All right, deliver a great product. I, I think that, that that is really critical. For instance, in this industry, it's all a handshake. It's all individual uh person-to-person -person respect and you your reputation is everything in this industry if you if you blow it you're gone for good and, and that's fine with us yeah, right, right, uh we we want to operate as straight up guys right. that we are that's right. and that that's always been uh, a main main focus of of everything i've done I, th I think that's it. If, if you stand there, right, stand in that, look, I'm going to be honorable about it. By the way, we're growing right now. And so now you've got this. And I, I've, I've seen the machine. I watched the video. And by the way, uh, for the audience members that are listening, I'm going to put a uh, link to down below here. You'll see it. It's great. You've got to see it. So essentially, this is describe what it looks like. It's it's it looks a little bit like a flatbed truck with uh, with, the, with with some paint on there. And a, uh, it's got an airless sprayer. It's got this robotic arm that's on there and it sticks off the back of it. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's get kind of descriptive right. so they can see it. So the the arm looks as much as anything else, like it might belong on the back of a wrecker, um, a tow truck. So it, but it unfolds in a kind of an unusual way. And instead of lifting up a, a dead car, it, uh, it 
can spray paint onto the roadway. And it does so under extremely careful um, localization. So we know at every moment exactly where that paint's going to wind up within a matter of plus or minus less than a centimeter, typically. So, so, so a centimeter is about three-eighths of an inch. So, so, so right now, when you spray, when, when the spray head is spraying, it's yes. within three-quarters of an inch. Three-eighths three, of an three inch. Three-eighths of an inch. Of accuracy, so overspray, and you're you're not concerned about any. Yeah, of that. we don't have overspray issues. We we paint without stencils. We paint things which previously required stencils. So if you look at an arrow with its very sharp corners and edges, uh, it looks you know it has to look very very carefully done. Ours are exactly spot on. Uh, we it, it took a lot to do that. We made a whole lot of very ugly messes in a in an abandoned parking lot where we were allowed to play um, before we got to the point where we could make something that looked like it actually belonged on a road. And but we've gotten to the point now where what we put down uh, there's something called the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices, the MUTCD, which is the Bible of roadway markings and road construction generally. Uh, and so all of our symbols meet MUTCD specs. Exactly. So they're very, very particular specifications, right? Yes. So you've got road, you got arrows and symbols and handicap signs and all, all kinds of very right. specific signs. And, and they're required to do that for code so that handicapped people can see them. They're, they're used to them. They're, they're looking for that, 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 that shape to, to attract. Right. Them. You want all the drivers to know instantly what that symbol is and what it means, what it's telling them the moment that they see it. And so you don't want something that's a big blob. <laughs> it's got to be very, very carefully drawn. And sometimes it's a word like only. <laughs> or, or what or stop um or school which surprisingly is spelled s-c-h-o-o-l not s-h-c-o-o-l as you may often have seen it on the roads <laughs> it's funny how that's uh, so so uh, I'm, I'm watching the video and as the, so the truck pulls up yes. right and identifies where it's going to go Right. And uh, it kind of mark, marks it out. The driver inside uh, hits go, and yes. the arm retracts. It's it it starts spraying uh, spraying its pattern, and then the arm retracts, and then the driver goes. The entire process takes about how how fast? Well, we did uh, in that video. You would see a pair of opposing left turn arrows. So yep. that's two of them. Yep. One facing from the north, one from the south, if you will, uh, and. That pair took five minutes and thirty-six seconds to do the pair. Got it. Now, uh, the 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 interaction between the robotic arm and the sensor. So so there's the the paint sprayer, the sensors, the part that can see it. What's the interface between that that whole group? What, what's what's running the system? Right. We have a a human machine interface, an HMI as they're called, which is a graphic user interface. Basically, it looks like an overgrown iPad, okay. or you know, uh, it, and it's touchscreen enabled. Um, 
we we also have mouse capability or joystick capability so you know it depends on what what you're most comfortable with um but it works very very easily just with a fingertip and so that's what i usually use and i'm the one in that video that's right. doing that that uh those arrows it's there's an awful lot between that screen and the robot there's a, there's some honking fast and expensive industrial computers uh there's some very specialized sensors so for instance i know where the i know when you look at your odometer in your car you see tenths of a mile when i look at mine i see tenths of an inch wow so, so gives you a little perspective on the kind of precision that we're talking about. Um, we have a number of sensors, so we know exactly latitude, longitude. Uh, you know, we know where we are. And as we paint, we have to actually raise and lower the arm in order to maintain a uniform paint width because the roads are always crowned. That's right. And That's right. in many cases, there may be a hill or a dip or a, a this or a that. And you need to conform to that road surface as it is. So we actually we scan the road surface first using a LIDAR and we make a map of that road surface and map out from that. And this is all happening in real time. Uh, map out exactly where and how that symbol will be painted. Well, this, I, I got to tell you, th this is a game changer right now. The, the five minutes it takes to do the two of them. There's no other people. You're, you're, you don't need to put barriers or guards down. The truck literally can go there in place. You, I'm assuming you're using a very fast drying paint. Yes. Right now they, uh, the paint that gets used on that and you, 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 Compared to humans doing this, what's the timing? I mean, if, if, if you had... So humans... normally, if, if you had a, a crew of experienced road painters who have done this work for years, a pair of opposing left turn arrows is going to involve minimum two guys, probably three, maybe as many as five. Uh, and it's going to take minimum 15 minutes to do a pair. Um, so you're talking about somewhere around maybe maybe six tenths of a of a man hour, something like that, versus one tenth of a man hour. Wow! So now you know the uh, uh, you you've got one of these in you got one of these that are in creation, right? You you got yes. one that are completely out there. And are you guys looking for subcontractors and people to start buying these now? Not quite yet. Okay. We're really, really close to having uh, a good product, but we know, as I said, this is all about reputation. Yeah. We don't want to wind up in the market before the product is truly ready. So what we're doing right now is uh, working on building a couple of beta test machines. And what we plan to do is to go to local contractors with whom we're already in contact and spend a couple of days working with their guys to make sure that they understand how the machine works. And then we want to ride with them for a week, two weeks and take notes 
and listen, listen, listen to everything that they tell us about what they don't like and what should be better and what they do like. And then we want to take that, go back to the garage, revamp what it, what needs to be revamped and come back out and repeat that process throughout the course of this whole next summer so that by fall we really have a viable product something that we can put out where our reputation will not suffer uh but in fact will be oh wow these guys really have it and they really stand behind their stuff so that's what we want my, my guess is this podcast goes out to enough uh, really great creators and uh, it, you know, people that make uh, investment groups that uh, uh, don't be surprised if you don't get a knock on the door looking to speed that up. Because, I, I mean, when I saw this, I thought to myself, this is a revolutionary product. You, you know, you've got uh, a breakthrough in the market. This is something that's needed around the world. Yes. You can see thousands of these machines going out around the world. and. You know, uh, once you get that that click and uh, plug and play, how hard is it to learn the uh, to to run the application? We figure that uh, you can. We know who our target audience is. Yep. These are these are not necessarily well educated people. Uh, they are people who hopefully show up on a regular basis and and are functional, but. We don't expect somebody to be a programmer or a, or a computer whiz or anything like that. Um, if you could play Mario Brothers, I can teach you how to use this machine. Well, there and are plenty of them out there that can do that. That's right. So I think it's the kind of thing where our, our plan is that the total training time would be uh, less than two days less than two full days, but we want to do it over the course of two days because we really need people to sleep after they've had a chance to get the first exposure to it so that they can consolidate what they've got before we show them the more advanced features the next day. And I think that's actually critical to learning uh, in, in this kind of a, an instance. All right, so let's talk about some of the places that it works and some places that right now it's not working yet. So uh, let's go through new roads. Oh, absolutely. No problem, no problem there. Old roads. Old roads. Um, here's, here's the difficulty. Right now, there are numerous different stencils out there. So t let's stick with that left turn arrow because it's a very, very commonly used symbol. Um, a lot of guys in current practice literally take two shingles, put them at a more or less random angle to one another, and that's the arrowhead, and that's their stencil. As they do, and then they move one of the shingles, and they kind of do something with the back flukes of the arrow, and then they more or less freehand the, the stem of the arrow. Well, if I'm supposed to repaint that, and it doesn't really conform to the MUTCD standards, that manual standards. Uh, I have a little bit of a problem, but I'm working on on basically what we call it perturbation amelioration. So we have a perturbed <laughs> symbol and we're going to make it better. So what we can do is we can take our left turn symbol and visually overlay it on the camera view of the existing symbol. 
And if it fits close enough, you just press that paint button and you're good to go. So you're, you're getting it. You can go right over top of what's there. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Now, but if it's if it's really, you know, this guy did it with like a, a 120 degree arrowhead and it's supposed to be, you know, 80, um, you're going to you're going to look a little funny. So we're actually working on a way to adjust the angle at each of the vertices of the triangle that is the arrowhead inside and, and align them in such a way that that the machine will paint it for you. But the problem is it won't be quite five minutes. You know, it's, it's not, it's not going to be, it's going to take a little bit longer, but not a whole lot longer. And if you were redoing this with your stencil, you'd wind up having to go and get yourself a couple of shingles and figure it out the hard way. Uh, And it's still going to take you time. It will still be faster. And once we've recorded that symbol, anything that we do, gets recorded we we uh upload it to a cloud database and we have at that moment from then on we have the exact symbol the paint file for it the exact latitude longitude and heading of that symbol and so we can come back we can repaint that symbol in the middle of the night without turning a light on i mean we wouldn't but but you could you, 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 I hear, I can see very quickly once we figure out how to, uh, make sure the paint spray doesn't get clogged and, it, you know, this could go on an automated machine, paint all day, all night around the world, leave, leave here today and just keep painting until you're out and come back and fill up again. And, you know, you could see a future where, uh, this, uh, where, where you started, you know, I, I, I love my expression and, and Eric's about to gong me, but, uh, it's, it's the bag phone, right? It's the bag phone of today's cell phone, right? It's where we started, right? It's sure. where tech, tech, <laughs> Eric, Eric just texted me, stop. <laughs> He's a, you know, I love to talk about the, the progression. We started with that bag phone. And th- so this is a great, this is an amazing start, right? This is an amazing, you guys have broke through seeing the ground, uh, lidaring in space, uh, being able to uh, paint, the, paint the arrow on there. You know, you can see how this will continue to grow and, and how the world needs it. You know, for me, I, I look at it and go, this is great. I mean, you could do this, you know, we run retail projects and getting someone to come out and do some something small like a handicap signal or handicap stripe or or to do this, it's painful, right? Oh, yes. All of a sudden, you got a, a truck like this can come by in five minutes, knock that out for you, and you can see a, a, a striping company or, or a... You know, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot striping company that can come out and have this, you know, available. Boom! This is a really smart uh, way to go. And you know, I, I, Sam, you guys have done, Sam, you, you've done amazing work with, uh, you know, cre- creating this breakthrough. Right? It, it takes, it takes a little g- g- gumption to do this, and you've got that gumption. Well, we've we've got that gumption. We've also had. I want to. Um, I I have to say. We've had tremendous support throughout, including, uh, and I didn't mention these two grants, but the National Science Foundation gave us an initial SBIR, that's a small business uh, research grant, uh, and then they were crazy enough to give us an SBIR phase two 
which is funding our current research as we are still very much in R&D here. Um, and uh, that million dollars will go a long, long way towards making this a reality and better for everybody. Uh, and I just want to say there are things that happen when you're doing work like this that are totally serendipitous and unexpected byproducts. So, for example, as we were working with calibrating our cameras, we realized that there was there was a problem in the traditional way of calibrating cameras for machine vision. So we we came up with a different way of doing it. And that different way is now being ported over to the Da Vinci surgical robots. Wow. So you, you see that, it's, you know, you're working over here, you're working on painting the road. All of a sudden you're doing prostate surgery over here. Well, <laughs> um, maybe, now maybe, I'm this, Sam, this, this here, this is what I tell entrepreneurs every day the, 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 the go do it because look if, if it's it's the world needs you to keep thinking and trying on new stuff and and you're right like you said you may be doing you 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 start here where the road ends up it just start the creative thinking have, be brave right step into not knowing the ground's going to be there just take the step and trust that when your foot gets to the ground the ground will be there and if not it's something else will be there that you need to have done and 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 the world needs your kind of thinking to create that. And, and that's, I, I always hope that uh, one person, Sam, if, if there's a guy out there today listening right now going, I have this idea, I want to figure out how to get, go do it. Like seriously, go right now and, and find the first step. And just remember that, you know, that confusion is the stuff that uh, tries to stop us. Our brains try to stop us from doing something. Step through it because on the other side of that, guys like Sam don't, uh, or, you know, guys that are, are, that are entrepreneurs, don't change the world. The world needs us to step through the fear and start to create. Because look, now you, you're on one. You're in one genre working on patent grounds, and now you're in prostate surgery. Uh, <laughs> which I'm certain the guys that are in this prostate surgery are grateful for a better vision camera. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Believe me, that's the one you want. That's the one you don't want to miss it. You don't want that thing off. No the, missteps. No missteps during my prostate surgery. I do not want a misstep in that surgery. That's No, that's you a, do that, not. That's the spot where I do not want to miss uh, that one. So, uh, you know, that's the, that's the spot start that gets inspired. And, you know, I found that uh, when we act inspired in one spot, it actually creates, it also creates inspiration in other parts of the life, right? Where, uh, you know, you, you brave and step through one piece and you, and you try something new on and new things happen in other parts of, of life, which, uh, you know, it's kind of a byproduct of being brave. It, it, uh, it just doesn't happen in one facet of your life. Right. Well, it's, it's like if you, if you go to MIT and there's a, there's a place there called the shed and the shed, uh, Everybody who's got a space in there uh, runs into everybody else on their way to the John or on their way to the water cooler or just, you know, on their way to get a get a Coke or whatever it is. And the the wonderful serendipity of those encounters has already changed the fabric of technology 
dozens of times. Do- dozens, right? And, that and, we know of. Right here. And where that goes, nobody knows. Right? There are ripples everywhere. That's right. The butterfly effect. That that one little flutter of, of, of inspiration uh, just continues to grow and grow. And Sam, I got to tell you, as, as you continue to grow uh, this concept. Oh, by the way, if... There is some amazing uh, company out there that wants to come out there and meet Sam and start talking about really moving this thing. Where do they get a hold of you, Sam? Road Prince, spelled with a Z because the S was taken. So it's R-O-A-D-P-R-I-N-T-Z dot com. Awesome. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I know uh, as you continue to develop these ideas and the creativity, Sam, anytime you or any of your partners want to come on the show and, and talk about the new things you're working on, as always, uh, please use this platform to speak to the creativity that you're doing. It's, it's amazing. Your wisdom and intellect uh, is, is it's refreshing and fun to be around. I, I've, I enjoy it. Uh, pre-show is as much fun as, as, as the show itself, and uh, I wish you much, much uh, luck and fortune on your journey. Thank you so much. We we can use all the help we can get, but we really appreciate. Uh, again, we appreciate so much support that we've gotten from so many people, and uh, it's it's made the journey a lot of fun. We have a long way to go, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to get there. All right. Well, Road Prince, uh, spelt with a Z, is where to get them. Uh, if you love this podcast, if you love what uh, Sam and I were talking about, please take a second right now and hit the like button. Uh, if you really liked it, please hit the subscribe button. It costs you nothing. It takes a second. And it means the world to us to get some feedback from you. If, if there's something about the podcast, you want to leave some feedback, please do that now. Take a second. I, we love feedback. We try to respond to every single one of you. If you've got a great topic to talk about, uh, please send it to me. And uh, we are grateful for the time. Sam, lots of love and look forward to having you on again. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry. Finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.